I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Doesn't play well, then this team has a couple first-round draft picks, and they may go a different direction. So two and O's at this time. He's happy to be back, and uh, we're going to find out on Sunday. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello to everyone in Steeler Nation. I'm Stan Saverin, and glad you were able to join me on my podcast, Saverin on Steelers. We post up two new episodes every single week, talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers to you out there in Steeler Nation. If you enjoy the podcast, please spread the word. We only started about a month ago. Uh, Let your friends and neighbors and everyone else who's interested in following the Steelers that were up two times per week. I want to go back to the Tampa Bay game, uh, which surprised a lot of people. Uh, I thought the Steelers had the capability of pulling off that offset, that upset, but I wasn't quite sure how they'd be able to do that with a patched up secondary. In fact, patched up, is probably too positive. A fractured se- uh, secondary is more like it. Terrell Edmonds, the only regular to start in that game. The rest, a hodgepodge of backups and practice squad call-up people, and yet they were able to limit Tom Brady. Didn't hurt him at all. Uh, really, they really controlled uh, that game. Uh, give credit to the defensive line, who had a good push, couple sacks, um, five quarterback hits. But in general, they were in Brady's face, which obviously, um, that certainly helps your secondary. Um, And I bring that up because going into this season, a lot of people thought that this Steeler defense should be great merely because they were the highest paid secondary. Well, it doesn't quite work like that. Most highly paid defense is what I meant to say. Uh, It doesn't work like that. They were the most highly paid defense in the NFL. That is true. But they got there because they have three of the most highly paid players in the entire NFL. Those three guys, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, are the best at what they do or certainly in the conversation for being the best at what they do. There's no question about that. So that's kind of lopsided. Uh, But those guys are the bricks. But the bricks can't stand without mortar. The mortar has to be the other eight players on defense. You cannot rely on three starters and expect to say, well, we got the best defense because we're the most highly paid. It just doesn't work that way. 
And indeed, here you have a situation where T.J. Watt has now missed five-plus games. Minka Fitzpatrick has had his issues, pulled from one game, missed another with a knee problem. And so you can't rely on just three players to make your defense great. It takes more than that. Even if the three are healthy all the time, it's still they cannot do it alone. They can be leaders. They can set the tone. They can make great plays, which makes the people around them better. That's what great players do. It's not just themselves. They make the people around them better. But those guys have to be better on their own. And pretty much they are on their own, like this past week, without Watt and without Fitzpatrick. Terrell Edmonds is the first one that comes to mind. He was the only starter in the normal group of four that starts in the secondary for the Steelers, and he led the team in tackles. Now, normally, you don't want your strong safety leading the team in tackles. It tells you that there's an issue with the people in front of him. But in this particular case, he made very good plays, led the team in tackles, six solos, four assists. And maybe most importantly, doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Edmonds was responsible for getting a bunch of rookies, new faces, fresh faces, who hadn't played any downs for the Steelers to be in the proper alignment and to make sure they knew what their assignment was. There were no busts in the Steelers' secondary. In fact, you may make the case there were fewer busts this past week than there were when the regulars played. So hats off go to Terrell Edmonds. For the last couple years, he's been a very solid player. And he has been maligned, sometimes not justifiably. No, he's not Minka Fitzpatrick. No, he's not Troy Polamalu. But his role is to be, if you will, the caddy, the sidekick for guys like Fitzpatrick who make big plays. Just like back in the day, you had Chris Hope, with a P, Hope, and Ryan Clark, who sort of served as sidecars to Troy Polamalu. And because they were so steady, that allowed Troy to go out and do what only Troy could do. The second guy to point to and put the spotlight on is Devin Bush. He has been much maligned and justifiably. He certainly has not lived up to what the Steelers expected when they not only drafted him number one, but traded up 10 spots in the draft to the 10th position to draft him. Yes, I know he had the ACL. Maybe he's finally coming out of that. But what may have saved the day and saved the game Sunday was his breakup of the two-point conversion pass, intended for a wide receiver, no less. Guys like him have to make plays. And that's where you notice him the most. And that's not to say that Devin Bush wasn't playing well other than that. All indications are that he played the best game that he ever has in a Steeler uniform Sunday against Tampa Bay. And it wasn't just a breakup. It was how he approached the run, how he defeated blockers, how he used his speed to get in coverage. That's the Devin Bush that people have been waiting to see. Now, I don't know if Devin Bush is ever going to get to a point where he was worthy of the draft capital they had to give up to move up to the number 10 position in that draft. But he can't be a darn sight better than he's did, than he's been. 
which hasn't been much. And all signs indicate that when breaking down the tape and understanding what his assignments were, that he indeed did play a really good game. The breakup was frosting on the cake. It was critical, but it was frosting on the cake, and they need that again. He's not the most highly paid guy in that defense, but he has to perform. Another guy who's kind of gotten under the radar is Alex Highsmith. Clearly, his performance is affected by not having T.J. Watt on the other side. And yet, here he is with six and a half sacks through the first six games. And to put that somewhat in context, these are the leaders in Steeler history for most sacks after six games. James Harrison had eight and a half in the 2008 season. First six games, Harrison had eight and a half sacks. The guy on the other side of him, Lamar Woodley, had seven and a half sacks, same season, 2008. T.J. Watt in 2021, last year, had seven sacks throughout the first six games. And Alex Highsmith has six and a half. So he's in pretty good company. He hasn't been noticed because the defense is underperformed not getting off the field, and it cost them games. And there have been some liabilities with Highsmith in the run game. He's got to improve there. But the pass rushing, he's been there. Another guy, a second-tier player, if you will, that has to play well. Certainly in the absence of Watt and Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward being double-teamed all the time, But when everybody's healthy, he's still got to play. And there's a great example. We've seen the great linebacker tandems, Quiver and Quake, Greg Lloyd and the late Kevin Green, Andy Russell, Jack Ham going way back. It's got to be Watt and it's got to be Highsmith. Larry Ogunjobi. I thought it was a great signing. I still do. He had a monster game. Again, looking at the stat sheet, you wouldn't know. But we talked about the pass rush that they were able to generate against Brady that caused him to lash out at his offensive lineman. A lot of that was Joby. The way to get to Tom Brady is up the middle. Push the pocket back. And Joby did exactly that. He's a good player. He's got to be, along with the other, if you will, secondary players, secondary level players, not the three highest paid. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge 
indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This game Sunday night against Miami is like a a tennis match in the respect that if you're familiar with tennis, if we're playing and I break your serve, now it's my turn to serve. If I don't hold my serve, what I did the last game when I broke your serve is wiped out. It's negated. It's even. If the Steelers truly are to begin a comeback, it's got to come Sunday night. They already have a building block with the win against Miami. They need another win against a Florida team to get the three and four. Maybe that won't be good enough in the long run, but I know this, if they drop to two and six, their relevance for the rest of the season is in grave danger. You win a game against Miami, you know you've got a tough Philadelphia team the next week, and the Eagles, by the way, will have a bye going into the Steeler game. Makes them more dangerous. This game Sunday night will be the Steelers holding serve after having beaten the Buccaneers. They need to consolidate that with a win against Miami. The Dolphins have been up and down. Started 3-0, but now they've lost the last three to go to 0-3. We're joined now by Josh Moser. Josh covers the Dolphins for WSVN Radio in Miami. And Josh, the up-and-down nature, the roller coaster nature of the Dolphins' season, win the first three and against Buffalo and Baltimore, pretty good teams, and then losing three games to the Jets and, and Minnesota. Has that been a primary product of not having Tua at quarterback? The team says no. Uh, however, obviously, it's a much different game, even with Teddy Bridgewater or rookie Skylar Thompson in a quarterback. You go back to the offseason, and the Dolphins did pay Bridgewater $6.5 million to come be this team's backup. That was second only to Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. We know that what he's doing out there. But if you talk to head coach Mike McDaniel and you talk to the players, it's been the mistakes and penalties that have really been the difference for these three losses. I think, however, if Tua stays in that game in Cincinnati, they come up with a road win. We asked him that same question. He dodged the question. So I would say yes, but the team is saying no. Hmm. Um, as an observer and a journalist, what do you say? Who cares what they say? Uh, <laughs> well, if we don't get with the answer, we won't make one up. Uh, what, what is your thought on the matter? I mean, look, who is the starting quarterback for a reason? And as soon as he's healthy, he's going to be back on the field. And that's the goal for this Sunday night. He was the guy. We know that Brian Flores didn't really want him to be the starter. Last year, there were all the Deshaun Watson rumors. But Tua is the guy. They brought in Mike McDaniel because they thought he would be a great fit. We saw the zone running scheme completely change things for Tua. was phenomenal. was a top-five quarterback really in the league until he went down. And they played some tough opponents. The Patriots were really good early. They came back and beat the Ravens. That was a really good win. They beat the Bills. That's the biggest win definitely in the win column for this team. 
so I think it does play more into effect than the team is saying. And, you know, this is really a, a big year for Tua because this is it. He's got the pieces around him. They have the upgraded weaponry with Tyreek Hill especially. And if he doesn't play well, then this team has a couple first-round draft picks and they may go a different direction. So Tua knows that this is his time. He's happy to be back. And uh, we're going to find out on Sunday, you know, if he's fully healthy. Well, it's interesting. Um, they really do have a tremendous uh, group of weaponry. Getting Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, uh, Gesicki, a quality tight end. Um, they are very dangerous. They stretch the field. Uh, and, and I'm wondering, um, did that disappear because of the quarterback issue? And how dynamic were they when Tua was the quarterback? I think that goes back to continuity. The thing that really stands out for this Dolphins team is speed that they have in the skill players. But when you have Teddy Bridgewater come in or Skylar Thompson come in, the, the cadence in the huddle is different. The routine, quote-unquote, is going to be different. So the timing could be off. Tua throws a different ball than Teddy. Mike Kosicki telling me, hey, I've cut balls from all different types of quarterbacks. You know, it doesn't matter. Just put it in the radius. But there is something to familiarity and having those reps and when Teddy had to come into the game uh, with no practice reps really this last week, it was, it was very challenging once Skylar Thompson went down. And the same for when Thompson came in to replace Teddy in the Jets game last week. So I think having that continuity and that familiarity is really what this team missed. But also, they're banged up on the offensive line. When you don't have left tackle Teron Armstead, it's just going to be a completely different game because there just really wasn't enough time for Teddy to do anything against this Vikings defense and the defense has been solid for the Dolphins, but, you know, hopefully this week, everything can come together. They can get a little bit healthier right now. They're really banged up at quarterback, but offensively the Dolphins should look a lot more like what we saw the first three weeks when they won games versus these last three weeks where they've been in the lost column. If you will, Josh, fill us in on the injury report. Who's expected to play? Who is definitely out? If you have, I know Friday is generally the day when you find out because you see if they practice or not or to what level they were able to practice. But uh, as it sits right now on a Wednesday, um, what does the injury outlook look, uh, look like for the uh, Dolphins? Well, the hope is that Davian Howard can play again. He missed the Jets game last week, did play in this last game against the Vikings. They've got to have him on the field, but he's not 100%. He's playing through groin injuries cornerbacks really really banged up they've got an all-pro player in byron jones that's still on the physically unable to perform look coming back from an achilles injury they just lost nick needham who was really their third corner was great in the nickel position he just tore his achilles this last game so he's most likely done for the year then the backup cater kohu is the rookie undrafted player was really filling in nicely he missed last week's game against the jets we don't know if he's going to be able to go the same with keon cross and he's another cornerback that's going to try to fight through and play this Sunday. Head coach Mike McDaniel saying that he's a really fast healer, but he's questionable at best. He says he's going to try to will himself to play. They've got a guy, Justin Bethel, that they brought in. You know, he was really a special teams guy, been in the league for 10 years. They had to put him out there at corner. So that's definitely the biggest area of concern. They just don't have the bodies. Uh, Mike McDaniel saying that they're not really expecting to go out this week and try to sign somebody to add depth to that position group, but that's definitely the the position group to watch. And then it's going to be Teron Armstead. He's been dealing with this turf toe for pretty much the entire season. A couple of weeks ago when he was in New York against the Jets, he stayed on Monday to go see a specialist after the game was taken out of that game. He did not play 
this past week against the Vikings. He's really going to be the biggest piece. We still don't know on Austin Jackson either. He was placed on injured reserve after the week one game. He's the starting right tackle. So the hope is that he can be back, but he was not at practice today. And most of the veterans now, as we've seen in the NFL over the last three weeks, or excuse me, a couple of years, they don't play on Wednesdays. It's just a veteran rest day. But cornerback uh, would be the biggest area of concern, and, and Teron Armstead's probably the, the biggest other concern for this team. I would say questionable at best. And then uh, Nick Needham, of course, towards Achilles, so he will be out this week. And that's kind of the, the early onset look here as we move towards Sunday. That's extensive. It sounds like the Steelers last week, who uh, three of their four stars in the second day, uh, secondary were out. Um, and we don't know what their status is going to be coming back, although Minka Fitzpatrick uh, is expected to play. You mentioned a couple times Mike McDaniel. Uh, he's a very intriguing guy. Um, tell us about him. A lot of people don't know much about him. Kind of a surprise choice in Miami, but he really uh, is sort of innovative, is he not? Yeah, I mean, you really talk to the players that have played with him, and it's his ability to break down film and to teach. And that's really what coaching is, is to teach. And I mean, he's been in the league since 2006, so he's been around the game in the NFL for more than 15 seasons, and he's off the Shanahan tree, and we've seen the success that Sean McVay's had. We've seen the success that Matt LaFleur's had. We've seen the success that Kyle Shanahan has had. So that's where they all come from, from the zone running scheme. But we, in talking to the players, he has great rapport with them. Uh, he's definitely a player's coach. And that the game has changed where you go away from the Bill Belichick, where you've got to, you know, stand in line, be very tight lipped. Mike McDaniel allows the players to be themselves and the players really buy into that. I think that's been the biggest change that we've seen from last year to this year with him taking over for Brian Flores, who of course is now with the Steelers. So those would be my initial you know, things with Mike McDaniel, but in talking to the players, he refers to, everything in the most simplistic form. So whatever you talk about, he will break it down to the very, very base level. We even see it in the press conferences. So when you go through a receiver route, he'll break it down to the foot placement on a player where if he does this, you do this and makes it exactly what he wants from his player so that they can understand it. So the idea is to always play fast, right? So we want you to play without thinking. And that's what McDaniel is best at. That's his quote unquote secret sauce and if you ask around the league you know he was not a surprise choice for what he does it's just more of he's been kind of kept behind the scenes a little bit and you know now we'll see after Tua comes back you know what he can do with this offense and you know it seems like as of right now the Dolphins really like their choice in him remember we saw Sean Payton was kind of the choice with owner Stephen Ross and the tampering but uh right now Mike McDaniel's the guy and his players love him um he likes to play up-tempo. Does that mean they run a lot of no huddle? I'm curious to see how this comes with Tua. I think there's – he wouldn't address it today, but I'm curious to how many limitations there are actually going to be on him just because he's missed the last two and a half games here with the concussion. I would assume that the whole playbook would be, you know, at his disposal, but I, I, I don't know how much they're going to dial this back. But when you do go no huddle with this team, with the speed you have on the outside, that's a definite advantage that they feel like they can create. Raheem Mostert, the running back, is a track star uh, out of Purdue. I think he's the fastest running back in the league. Then you add Waddle and Tyree Kill. So they want to use that speed. They don't want the defense to substitute. They want to get them tired. That's definitely something they've used to win games. 
So we'll see how sharp Tua can be. We'll see what they do with the offense. I wouldn't expect them to start that way, but uh, you know, especially if they get down in the game, they'll definitely go that route. And one guy I want to ask about, I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, Melvin Ingram, who had uh, a short um, and not a terribly pleasant experience here in Pittsburgh uh, before he said he didn't want to be here anymore and got a deal to go to Kansas City. Now he's with the Dolphins. Watching the highlight tapes, not seeing a full game, Josh, uh, he appears to make some big plays for Miami. Yeah, Melvin Ingram fits in really well with the locker room. Uh, he had a big game. I think he was the player of the week to start the year. And, you know, he's brought in to, to rush the quarterback. And, and that's, that's really all he's being asked to do. And he's really tight with the D-line group that's here. Another veteran, Trey Flowers, coming over, most notably known for his time with the Detroit Lions. Those two really get along. And then we've got a guy, Emmanuel Agba, who had a great season last year. We've seen the production dip. Uh, those three get along really well. And then we've got a first-round pick from last year, Jalen Phillips, that went to the University of Miami, who's just this young, infectious guy with a phenomenal personality. So I think Melvin feels at home. I think he really likes the guys in the locker room. And I don't think it's talked enough about in sports that it's not always about having the best players, but it's about having the best chemistry. And when you get guys that truly play for each other, that can elevate their game more than what you would just expect on a stat sheet. Our thanks to Josh Moser for being here in our scouting report on the upcoming opponent. That would be the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we'll be on the air very late with the postgame show. Charlie Batch and uh, I will be on after the game. That should be around uh, 1130, give or take. If you're up late, love to entertain your calls and hope you'll be able to listen to that. And I want to remind you about our podcast. You have to go to Steelers.com to listen to the Savern on Steelers podcast. We post up twice weekly. Also, I have a daily radio show on one of the flagship stations for the Steelers radio network. That's ESPN Pittsburgh AM 970. You can get that on your AM radio at 970, but you can also get it on the iHeartMedia app. You download the iHeartRadio app. It's free, and you can dial in and listen static-free. Perfect signal. Hope you'll be able to join me for the weekly show and for the Savern on Steelers podcast. been my pleasure to bring it to you. I'm Stan Savern, and thanks for listening. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.